Leads, leads, leads. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called now, and an activity called work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 lawyers over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them about what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My mission is to try to map out what my city, Leeds, a city that has declared a climate emergency, is doing during humanity's biggest emergency. On working hours, we hear how loiners have, are and will be coping with our multiple crises. The global pandemic, Brexit and of course the ongoing and accelerating collapsing of capitalism, the state and the climate through this decade. To do this I need people, people like you dear listener. Most of all I need people who are in Leeds or who are from Leeds to come on this show and be my guests. So please join me and help me with this mission whenever and however you can. Critically I will need people like you dear listener as financial backers. Please consider supporting or donating to this project. You can do so with a £1 monthly donation via either Patreon or Ko-fi, or you could donate any one-off amount to Working Hours via either Ko-fi or through the LibrePay button on the About page of Western Studios' website. Thank you. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I really, when I grew up, I think I wanted to be like a, a, a PE teacher because, mm. um, I, I really liked PE and, and I wasn't very good at, I liked teaching like young kids sports. So I wasn't very good at, I couldn't teach like history or anything like that. Mm. Or, or any foreign language, I'll, I'll fall flat on my face. Mm. So I wanted to do that when I was, um, younger. So I tried to get into, it was like these metropolitan, as it was known back then, it's not known like that now, yeah, to yeah. change the name, it'd be, it'd be like. Every year. <laughs> um, so I tried to get into there for sport, but I couldn't get enough UCAS points. Mm. I think that's still a thing. Um, mm. But the racket was a H&D course in computing. Yeah. So I just, I, 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 I did love computers. I, I still play a lot of video games. I'm still interested in technology. Yeah. So I fell back into that really. But I would like to become a teacher, a teacher someday maybe, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure because it's a bit of a risk now for me. So I'm getting on a bit and it's going to be, it's going to be a complete career change. Mm. So yeah, have you done any training then? Like, have you given training? Like, uh, there was a long time ago, there's called King sports camps, mm-hmm. um, which used to take place. So they've knocked it down now. It used to take place in Leeds girls high school mm-hmm. before it was merged with Leeds grammar school. Yeah. So I, I did, I did that, but I had no formal training. So I had to like learn on my feet then. So yeah. I can still remember my first, okay, a kid, a kid, um, took a session and, and it was like, my, my hands are shaking. I was so scared. And I was like, mm. I had to think on my feet. So that was kind of, kind of good, but very intense, but no formal training. So you're listening to series three, episode 47 and to my guest, Benedict Lindley. This is another zoom interview recorded on the 21st of October, 2022. Hello loves. Benedict Lindley started DJing on vinyl, which he still does, but is also embracing digital and its many creative possibilities. Benedict helps to run Open Decks FC, where he edits the audio recorded at Open Decks FC's nights and events for upload to their Mixcloud account. Benedict has a passion for promoting Open Decks FC and helping other DJs getting started with DJing. His passion for Open Decks FC has led to Benedict's biggest gig so far, supporting the Utah Saints. 
To find out more about OpenDEX FC, you can follow them on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash OpenDEX FC. Okay, let's do this. Episode 76 of Working Hours with Benedict Lindley. So what is it that you do now then? I, wo- I work for a software company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called, it's called, but we're part of a bigger company now, which is called Mm-hmm. I worked there since 2012, okay. so I feel like I'm part of the furniture now. Mm-hmm. So you mainly consider talking to customers, dealing with their queries, mm-hmm. and also dealing with tickets that come in, helping my colleagues, and lots of little bits and pieces. It's kind of, it's kind of like it, a loads of roles rolled into one because I'm the oldest, I'm the most person, the most experienced now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like come like a little bit of a leadership role, and mm-hmm. and and so far I do enjoy, it, but it can be stre- can be stressful, stressful at times dealing with the public because. Some people, they, they think I got a magic wand, I can fix the problems like left, right, and center, but that's not liking, that's not liking computer software. And yeah. then you also get the other, the other end of the scale where the thing is an easy fix, but the our product is very, very complex. They don't, they don't, some, they don't really know what goes on behind the scenes because behind the, behind the graphic user interface is a massive database mm-hmm. and that has loads of tables and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they, I did at a university, I did. At university, I did like databases and stuff. So I know the consequences of, of doing something wrong because you can break you can break half the tables and they're basically not careful. Mm-hmm. So people think think like I can break a magic wand and fix an issue within a week. Yeah. But the problem is if you attempt to do that and then we break something else, I could break something else and something else. So so that's why that's why I tend to I have to, I have to say to people, we are dealing with it, don't worry about it. But mm. then they say, Why why can't you do it? And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to relay the information that, that we're dealing with it and that's it. I can't yeah. do anything else. Yeah. Cause there's a point as well where it's like, well, from my end, it's not all pretty pictures and boxes Yeah, and, exactly. and things that tell you what's going on. Yeah. Like you get to a point where it's like just lines and lines and lines and lines of code and you yeah, it is. Yeah. Like yeah. Go through yeah. And, yeah. Sometimes I look at, I look at, I look at, especially with the DB, DB. I mean, if I sold any of my customers a database, they'll get lost. Mm-hmm. Because it is very it's very complex, but I'm I'm interested in that as well. So kind of kind of perks perks my interest. So I don't get bored. I don't get bored of that. I like investigation tickets. Really, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I do password resets. But an investigation ticket where I have to solve a problem mm-hmm. is good because I, I I did grow up programming at university mm-hmm. and I solved multiple problems in that. So that's my kind of that's my kind of a, my kind of ideal ticket that to do. Mm-hmm. But each ticket is valid. So I have, if I have to do a password reset, I have to do a password reset. But they're kind of boring because I'm, I literally do them all the time. So I'm yeah. on autopilot. Straightforward. Yeah. But then that's most, that's, that's a lot of work, isn't it? It's like mm. the small stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Reports and, you know, signing your name and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I deal with report queries and, and they take the longest because I have to sit down off the phone, think about stuff, work out what, the, what it's doing. Yeah. And then work out whether it's a bug or it's meant to do that and ask somebody else. They might take a few days to get back to me. Mm-hmm. So it's, Something's something's can be fixed quickly. Some things can't. So mm. people just have to accept that. <laughs> so you're doing that full time. Yeah, I'm doing that full time. And how long have you been doing it for now? Oh, uh, years. Ten years. Yeah, twenty twelve. So roughly about ten years now. Okay. Did you go sort of? Did you come straight off your HND and go straight into it, or did you kind of like journey around a bit first, or how did you how did you get into it? I did. Um, I think after my HND, I used it as a bridging course to get on a degree course. Mm-hmm. Then. After after working at finished my degree, I got I got some I got some jobs working in retail because I was trying to get an IT job at that point, but it was, it was quite tough. Mm-hmm. Then uh, and then 
I left that job because the the the, the used to work at Maplin's a long time ago now, but it's no longer around. The website's still around, but it must be run by other people, not not the actual company that used to run Maplin's the shops. Mm. So I kind of left. I left that, took a risk. Then then after that, I worked I I worked a couple of temporary jobs. One was in my future, which was what for lawyers doing doing helping people out on the phones, yeah, being IT support. So I was I was really good at that. I worked for game for a couple uh, over Christmas. That was good. Yeah. Got, yeah. got got cheap video games for a while. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. And then I got a got I offered a permanent job of installing TVs for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that 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 was good. It's kind of stressful because the job the, the the actual company just want to put as many deliveries in as possible, mm-hmm. and that caused friction between me and my friend because we were doing so quick. I made mistakes, and mm. and at one point I thought about just quitting the job, but I couldn't because I had to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. But then I was looking for the job inside. Then I applied for, for, to Yorkshire graduate. Like it's still going. Okay. And then I originally got, I originally what I went for was a developer job because that's what I wanted, mm-hmm. but it was going really badly. And, and the developer guy got, got the, I got the support person that was the support department. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is history. So, yeah. so I was kind of thankful for that person. Yeah. I mean, is there, I get the sense and I've, I've seen to have read stuff that there's quite a, quite a big, sort of a digital economy in Leeds. Yeah, um, yeah, I think there is. Yeah, I mean, was it was it easy to find the work? Did you have to work quite hard to find it? Was it quite competitive? Like, or was it, you know, they still needed people? I think it was, I think it was, I think it was quite com- competitive. It was quite easy to find IT, IT jobs because there was lots of graduate yachts who used manpower well to find the, 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 the lawyers on, but that was only temp free. Mm-hmm. And they could have, they could have, they could have let me go at any point. So that was only meant to be like a temporary, temporary job. So I couldn't, when I jumped, when I got the permanent job. I thought I'll go to permanent job. I could have a base. And then I got through to the, uh, then I got the job. So. Mm. So did you, and did you manage to start at like, did they have you starting kind of frontline and you had to work your way up or uh, did you come in at a sort of more back end, more, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, yeah, I'll let you answer. I've I've I, I started at, started at the first line support. Yeah, but I tried to go up in the company, but other people came in and mm. and it was kind of a weird way with the the promotion. But, but I've got pay rises through the years. So I started around about I think 13,000 pounds a year. Mm. I mean, I couldn't I could in theory leave that company go elsewhere, but I, I think I put too much effort now over ten years of my life into the company. Mm. So I'm just going to keep on I'm just going to keep on going for now. I think. Yeah. I mean, you obviously, in, you obviously enjoy it. You've been there for ten years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As, as it's good and bad points, but overall, it's a good, it's a good company to work for. Yeah, cool. Okay, so shall we go into your DJing yeah. before we sort of move on to the other questions? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's how we got in touch. Yeah. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that then. Yeah, so I I've been DJing since two two thousand roughly actually. Mm-hmm. I still get my first pair of turntables about two thousand. Mm-hmm. I bought them off a friend of mine who was 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 upgrading his turntables, mm-hmm. and I and I got I got into dance music at that point. But I think I got I was I used to go, but I was I wasn't old enough to go clubbing at that point, and I didn't know that much about dance music or house music or all the kind of what I know now. Mm-hmm. But I, I was really I was, was like, oh, new and exciting, and I'm very, I, I like to be creative. Mm-hmm. But I'm quite a shy person. What's the word for a person that doesn't? What's what's 
it's, it's introverted. Think introverted. Introverted. Yeah, it, yeah. I think it's is that the right way. I think. Yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah introvert is out out. Extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm an I'm an introvert. Heart. So I struggle. I struggle sometimes in front of like a load of people. Mm-hmm. But when I when I when I DJ, I'm I'm ex- I that's quite I relax and that's a form of expression for me. So I started buying vinyl at that point because that was the dominant format. Mm-hmm. And I've still got a lot of vinyl, a lot of vinyl in the house, such as like this stuff. Which mm-hmm. which people don't use as much nowadays, or like digital. Mm-hmm. But I've kept it because there's some stuff you can't get digital wise mm-hmm. that they're on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started like just like looking at the history of dance music and 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 uh, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I and I tried to get gigs at that point, but it was very very it was, it was very difficult because I wasn't very confident. Mm-hmm. I I could have I, I should I could have done more at that point, mm-hmm. but I'm not the most confident person ever. I, I suffer from anxiety and depression. As well, which is which is which re- when when you have really bad bouts of it, all you want to do is just go to bed or call up in bed and you like shut the door. Yeah, but you can't, but you can't really, you can't really do that. So I did. I got my first pair of turntables, and I started to learn to learn to DJ because back then you had to. There's no, you could buy CDs and stuff like that, mm. but vinyl was the predominant format, and it wasn't easy to get into back then because mm. the cost the cost of two vinyl turntables and a mixer mm-hmm. quite expensive. Yeah, yeah. so. I saved up some money, got got these, really enjoyed it. Started building my collection. Mm-hmm. Had a few gigs in some bars when I could, when I when I, when I was old enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Then further down the road, I upgraded to my turntables to a better one. Mm-hmm. But when I went to university, I left home and didn't have my turntables for for a while, so they were in storage. But when I moved into this house where I'm now, I got I got my turn I got my turntables back. So I started DJing just for my friends really. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that but the passion never died really because i'm still i still like music I've, I've got a very say i don't i listen to all types of music not just dance music i like listen mm-hmm. like rock garage because a friend my friend who got me to dj was using a garage dj yeah so that so so i really i really appreciate him i, I haven't seen him for a long time now I, I think he's still around but we kind of lost contact with each other mm-hmm. which is unfortunate but these these things the these things happen yeah so i got my turntables back at that point Started trying to get myself back on the scene and stuff. Then, then I don't, I don't know how I discovered. Well, it was called Open Turntables at that point with them with Tony. I don't know. I, I, I was looking on Facebook. I must have discovered it purely by chance, just to a certain extent. But it seems like we need that phrase now. It was like ages ago, and uh, I thought, oh, okay, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the risk. What the worst could happen? I could mess with my mixing. I could make mistakes, but it's only in a bar. It's not, like, it's not like Ministry of Sound or anything. So I started DJing there on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Then, then I, I was, I, then, then Tony saw that I was really, really into it. Mm-hmm. So he gave me like access to the Facebook pages, admin and Twitter page and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I started doing tweets about it. Then I suggested we should start recording it mm-hmm. as well. Cause I'm into like, into audio editing and I tried to mash up, so do, mash songs together. Mm-hmm. So I tried to, then I started to record it on a regular basis a while, I started a, a while ago. Mm-hmm. So all my work on, recordings are all on my computer. So I put them onto Mixcloud and, and it gave me the opportunities to d- DJ like in Shef- Sheffield. And I've got, as I said in the thing, I've got Utah State it's coming up, coming up in December. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's really good. And so that's how, that's, that's how it, that's how it, that's how my DJing progressed. So okay. now I've gone, now I've gone digital now. So I've got DJ controller and eventually I would like to DJ in a, in, in, in a, in a club at some point on a big sound system. So I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So I want to look at, because you mentioned Utah Saints, that's, yeah. you know, another historic Leeds mm-hmm. band. So 
tell us how you went about getting that first sort of gig like or when you were looking for gigs like were you straight in were you like letter writing or door knocking or like how confident were you sort of going up to people how did you pitch that and then tell us about how the Utah Saints came to be uh, I think the Utah Saints came because because I'm not the most confident person in the world mm. so um I think Tony Tony saw saw how enthusiastic I was mm-hmm. like dan- dance music because uh, I'm I'm on my worst enemy at some I'm on worst enemy at times yeah. Sometimes I think I can't DJ properly and I, things have gone on my head. Yeah. But Tony's always been there to say, no, you're fine. Yeah. So Tony reached out to the old Woolen in Farsley, which is a venue which I've DJed at previously. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I must have impressed the owner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I got I want me to DJ as a warm-up act for Utah Saints. I'm on Navy, even on the poster as well. Yeah, it's nice. So <laughs> it does, that's, my, that's my thing. Oh, yeah. And I've also DJed was a warm-up for Dave Haslam as well. For for high back book club where we used to do open turntables yeah, yeah. was back then, yeah. but now we do it in Farsley at the Constitution, which is open decks, yeah. decks because they've they've now taken it back in house now, mm-hmm. um, but I still got fond memories of that that place. They really, they think they think they always really appreciate me and I appreciate them for giving my chance. Mm-hmm. So I did warmed up for Dave Hazem, which is a well known DJ from from the nineties and, and onwards, mm-hmm. and so that's a. So that was good. I got I got my picture with him. He's a very nice person. Mm. Then after I DJ, I just I just saw him DJ and just had a few drinks and and just uh, party the night away. The, the weird thing is, Dave has them. I I, I get I've got DJ cards with digital DJ tips, and then the and Phil Moss, who's the owner, he knows him. So <laughs> so that, that that's a weird connection, but it's good to know people. Yeah. So yeah, so you wanted to talk about kind of the the changes and you move from kind of vinyl into mm. into digital. And as well, I'd ask the same question about sort of the competitive nature, sort of like because mm. my impression in the nineties of like people mm. because everyone wanted to be a DJ. Yes, yeah. You know, there was a lot of competition for kind of getting stuff and and go, going places mm. and trying to get the gigs. And yes, is that still the case? Like, yeah, do people still want to you know, is there still a lot of people going into wanting to be DJs and kind of be that sort of DJ? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot, since the barrier to entry has been lowered now for DJing, where you can buy like a DJ controller mm. for like, about, like 200, 200 pounds and get, and get some software such as Rekordbox mm. and then just start playing around with your files. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of DJs now compared to what they used to be, which is a good thing because we need more DJs in the industry, which is good. But that, but, but the problem now is, that makes it harder for you for for like a DJ to stand out because you, you don't want to be doing the same thing as everybody else does because yeah. otherwise you've got no you you got you got no defining characteristics or anything like that. Mm. For for me, for me, that's why I started doing my own edits, my own mashups because I only the person that has them is me, nobody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. So that differentiates me from from the crowd. So I just I just hope at a certain point that you you DJs are coming and appreciate how. What, what what DJ come from? Yeah, because I get the sense sometimes uh, that, that they think it was all like done overnight. But it started in the eighties with the house music, and mm. I just want people to appreciate, you know, the the, the history, like video game history as well. Mm. I just want people to appreciate how far the gaming industry has come. Mm-hmm. So, do you do you scratch? I've got. I do have a scratch. I am learning to scratch on scratch cards. Yeah. yeah. Did you, so so did you ever get into like um you know like the world DJ competitions and stuff where they're they're going really crazy with the scratching and the mixing and like... back when I was started DJ I was meant like a house DJ but I did appreciate that yeah. and I and I have seen like I've seen Mixmaster Mike live yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember 
I can't remember what the band he's with now. What's the band he's with? He did Insane in the Membrane song, but I can't remember what. what. Oh, Cypress Hill, that's Cypress Hill, yeah. that's it. So Cypress Hill came, so I saw him there. A long time ago, the wardrobe, which I played recently for the music the music band after show, after show parties, so I was good. Mm. So I got that through open turntables and, and, and Tony wanted me to play some dance music, after some indie, so I was really appreciative of him. I saw DJ Cuba and, and, and he's, he's just amazing. He makes it look really easy, mm. but I don't, but I, I don't think it is. <laughs> he makes it look, he, I admit I could do it, but it takes hours of practice. Yeah. Literally. To get to get that good, I mean, when I first started into beat mix, I, it sounded like a train wreck. Mm. But 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 now, when I do it live, people 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 look at me and say, "How how do you do it that quick?" Mm. But I just it's just practice in the day, muscle memory, and and listening out for me, listening out for the how the slower faster, mm-hmm. and then then stuff. I can't really explain how how I beat mix because it's just it's just various different factors. Yeah, because it's, like, it's like driving a car. Once you learn yeah. how to beat mix, you can you can do it on you can do it on anything like. Like learning to drive a car. Once you learn to drive a car, you can drive any car you want. Mm. So I mean, I so you might you might you might not if you don't drive your car for you might be rusty like stall like I did recently because I don't I live I work from home now, mm-hmm. so I don't drive the car that often. So I was like a bit some of the gears kind of a bit clunky. <laughs> so so but, um, but 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 there we go. Okay, so we'll spend a little bit longer on this before I move on. So yeah, let's have a bit of discussion about you. You kind of moved to digital, like because obviously with a lot of the digital stuff, you can mm. auto beat mix. Yeah, you uh, can do. Yeah, and so you, yeah, the, the, and the, dirt, the all... dirty word in DJ circles. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you consider all that cheating? Is that kind of like, um, you know, or does it does it aid things in kind of? You know, does it present new possibilities for you as well? Does it offer options of being creative in new ways? And I, th- I, I think so. Yeah. The thing, the thing is that you, you, you could easily sync. Uh, you can use sync, but the problem is if you don't set the start, if you set the beat off on the wrong, if you set the the, the first beat off on the third beat at the bar, it's going to sound awful anyway. Mm. You could still sound really bad. I mean, it all might be in time, but to 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 me, I mean, it's really weird because when I when I'm out going out now. Mm. When I go to house music, nice stuff. I made, I, I listen, I, I can't listen as normal punch anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, my yeah. DJ is kicking. I'm like, okay, yeah. that, that sounds, that sounds like I'm not, crit- I'm not criticizing anything, but I DJ so, so, so a lot of that. I, I got DJ. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's like anything, isn't it? It's like once you know how it's yeah. doing, how it's made, you, you yeah. start to notice things and you really notice when it, yeah. <laughs> and you really notice, when yeah, it's exactly. good as well. <laughs> like, dude, that was excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think, I think they can use as a, use as a, using an aid at the end of the day because mm. DJing is just not about not about mix, like be mixing and stuff. It's about music selection, mm. the crowd, putting them in the putting them in the in the right order. So I I think it's more of a tool because mm. I've DJed on three turntables before, which is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. And I've had and I've had to put like and I put some vocals on the third turntable. I've had to keep. I've had to keep my ears open and what I was doing because I got big arms, which is advantage. I've let over and like speed up a bit and stuff like that. But but with but with sync, what you can do is you can then you're a master on tractor, which I DJ with. You have four virtual de- virtual decks, and then if you if I've got a vocal that I don't want to worry about beat match, I can sync it to the master tempo, which is the master track, mm-hmm. and then now always keeping time with that. Then I'm not worrying about it. Yeah, to me, to me that. To me, that's not that's not that's not cheating to a certain That's not cheating. I think the I think the more was tools, but but the problem the problem the problem with it is it's got a really bad reputation mm. of people, but especially like people like people that come through from the older side like vinyl and stuff like that. 
they think it's cheating, but I don't. I I generally don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. Mm. I I don't agree with that because there's much more than DJ than just mixing. But if there's a new J, DJ coming in, I would have strongly advise them to learn to be mix even 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 just to a reasonable standard. Because mm. the thing is, if you if you get asked, if you get you get your first gig and they say you're going to have to use turntables on a mixer, there's no sync on that, mm. or you might use some Pioneer CDJs that start sync on them. Mm-hmm. And then you have to beat mix at that point. Mm-hmm. So I would strongly advise everybody to learn to beat mix first, mm-hmm. even and it's a good start, and then you can move on to like doing effects mm. and maybe. But 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 the, the sync button, all the all the modern features, have led me to, and, and I see them as, as as a benefit more than a hindrance because I can be creative. I can use now virtual DJ to create ads, and I can palace some mashups mm. and stuff like that because that's all about. DJing for me has always been like creative and like when I first got my first decks and stuff, I always found ways to to like for the beasts and like, like use the phosphate in a creative way and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with, with DJing with just a vinyl, it forced you to do, do as much as you can with limited amount of stuff, mm-hmm. which actually can be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And plus there's there's a time pressure with it as well. Yeah. Or, depending on how you organize yourself, but yeah. you know, you've got however long yeah. of the song yeah. to, to pick your next song. And yeah. to find it, like to go yeah. through all the all the music, find it, yeah. get it out, put it on, get it yeah. all lined up, and get it yeah. working. Yeah, um, especially especially with vinyl because it, there's no loop function. I've been Joseph mixing too much of the uh, the songs coming in. Mm-hmm. And I look at the vinyl, I was like, oh well. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I start to panic. But when I went, when I did my vinyl sets, I sleep. I pack, I pack them in record boxes. I pack them in my record box, and I pack five vinyls just to could play. Then mm-hmm. five hours into a couple place, so I'm roughly know who I am because mm-hmm. I like being spontaneous because I don't want like just just play to a play set. So I do. I'll just stick. I'll just best play and then do then go away. So because there's been some controversy about that. People like people, especially like I take I think Paris Hilton for example. Mm-hmm. Gee, that's the one thing that kind of annoys me sometimes with DJ. And you have like famous people like that. Mm-hmm. I I've got I've, I've respect for trying it. I've got nothing. Mm-hmm. I've got no problem with that. But she's like, to me, she used her name to get to get up the food chain, mm. and she hasn't put the work in. <laughs> mm. Where people, where people were like, a low down, they're trying to a bust in the gut to get to get to festivals. Then you got somebody else that turns up mm. and just uses, just uses, just uses fame for for DJing. Which I'm, I'm not. That's the thing, one thing that makes me uncomfortable a little bit mm. with the, with the DJing scene. But that's just my own. That's just my opinion. It yeah. might be unpopular, but <laughs> just my opinion. I, yeah. I, I I've always been the fact that if you work hard enough, because my dad's like was into music and he's like he was like master music leads Paris Church. He's released loads of like organ organ CDs as well. Mm-hmm. If you work hard enough, you get where you're going. So that's where I get my hard work ethic from from my dad. Mm. I credit him for like keeping me get get me into music in the first place. Mm. Yeah, quite the detour in in terms of music genres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, I think it's my my dad and my mum. Mum classes house when I was first like DJ. I was like, mum, because I have to play music loud because because it's designed for mum. I hate the bass. Mm. <laughs> she classed it as noise. Mm. But my dad, my dad is, I said, oh, yeah, it's just your music, what you like. So yeah, comes yeah. <laughs> the end of the section. But one thing I do have to credit mum, mum for getting me into is Queen. Yeah, I do. I do <laughs> like Queen, and I, and I because you used to go holiday to France. You used to play Queen all the time. So yeah, it's not bugged off at me now. So I do like I do like Queen, so I'm looking for Queen like house version, house mix of the Queen tracks and, and nice. stuff like that. So. Yeah. When you're playing, are you mm. are you sort of playing 
for yourself or are you playing for the crowd or is that something that's kind of changed for you over time because obviously you started with just playing for yourself and, yes. and your friends but yeah yeah uh, like are you do you play for the room or do you play for yourself or is it both i play for the crowd now i tend to play for the crowd and some and what that gives me then if i get the crowd on my side i can point track which which you might be surprised about yeah stuff like that because i'm always conscious of that i got into a hard house when i was younger Mm. And there's no way I'm going to play that in about seven o'clock at night. It's going to it's going to kill the room. <laughs> but you think, what the hell's what the hell's that? Yeah. But I still have all the hard hard house music, hard the hardest scenes like techno and stuff. But yeah. I'm conscious of I don't want to alienate people. Yeah. Well, what I could do is I could play some some hard, some music on my side. Then I could put in like a semi like a like a like a techno track, but 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 the less hard kind. Mm-hmm. And then then I could do that. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I'm always conscious of who, who I'm who I'm playing for. So when I do this Utah Saints gig, mm-hmm. I won't be the, I, I don't want to play any big shoes because that's Utah Saints the headliner. Mm-hmm. So I've always played like a mixture of Deep House and and other bit other bits and pieces just to keep the, the, the mood going. Yeah, yeah. The worst thing, the worst I can do is like because I was conscious of playing up with Dave Haslam as well. Mm. I don't want to play any tunes that he might want to play because we got we got similar kind of music taste. So I don't mm. want to play like big house tracks because. I, I think I think I think I'm just trying to be respectful at the yeah. at the end at the end of the day to the the um, headliner because as, as as my parents taught me treat treat other people as you want to be treated so mm. that extends to DJ yeah and plus it makes you more creative as well yeah like you you have to think further you know it's like oh well yeah they might be playing that well if they're yeah. playing that what should I play could I, exactly did I compliment or should I play something mm. different. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not and the good thing is, I forced me to think outside the box because mm. uh, th- that's the one thing I do. I spend a lot of time doing is is search for on eBay for new vinyl, going on Beatport. Mm. I'm just trying to find tunes that that aren't played that much because mm-hmm. I don't want to play everything that everybody else is playing. Mm-hmm. I will play track if it's good that everybody else is playing, which is fair enough. I might I might try to like a different version of it maybe mm. and and stuff like that. That's one of the things I do love music dis- music discovery. Have you seen Human Traffic? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I've never seen the, it. Oh, you no, it's one of the. Good. Yeah, I, I knew you'd see that. It's, it's one of the. I've seen Kevin and Perry go live. I've watched that a few times because a lot of a lot of music from that, a lot of music I recognise from growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm just listening to music more than the actual film. Yeah, but the, the, the film's pretty. <laughs> the, the film's pretty good. I mean, I think I, I don't know. I I read somewhere that that was a stereotypical. DJ at that point, but I don't know how true that was. Mm. Because when I first got into house music, I was like six, like 15, 16. I couldn't go to, I couldn't go out clubbing. Yeah. I couldn't go to Ibiza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, so I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure already. It's like, it's like my mate said, oh, I said to, we're talking about my mates recently. I said, oh, have you seen Penance? I said, no. I said, oh, you were Simon, just go and watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so human traffic is next on the list. Yeah, no, it's good. I think it's, you know, obviously it's it's mm. kind of dated, but it's not dated yeah. because it's of that time, you know, it's supposed yeah, to be exactly. about then and it's a really yeah. good kind of mm. summation. Like there was loads of films, mm. especially towards the end of the 90s, where they were trying to do like, oh yeah, we'll try and capture clubbing. Yeah. And so many of them failed. And yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Human trafficking is just a good kind of all rounder. It kind of because it's basically one big mm. night out, and it's kind yeah, of, like, you tick off the boxes of like, yeah, yeah, I know that, I know that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think another film, if you're into scratch, into scratch DJs and the hip hop, is, is a film called Scratch, which I've got mm. some. That, that's really good. If you're into hip hop, it's just good history of hip hop. And and I remember I got pump up, remember watching Pump Up the Volume. 
Mm. Yeah. That was on Channel 4 a long time ago now. It's, like, yeah. it's so old. I would call that VHS tape. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to crack on with some questions then. I'm going to start off with COVID. So what I want to look at here is just sort of your experience going into lockdown, like when you locked down, what you were doing, you know, whether you were still working, whether you worked more or less, and also look at sort of how you think that changed work for you. So you can either talk about one or the other or both, however you want to kind of speak about it. But yeah, take us to your covid experience it was it, I don't, it was like weird because it is a one this is once in a lifetime this is once mm. in a generation where we're having pandemic so i remember the weird thing was i i'm into running so that same year when before the first lockdown happened a few months before that when boris johnson was still for most at that point and he was saying that oh he's going to get three thousand cases like no it's in the country but you just don't know it yet because mm. I'm, I'm a realist at the end of the day and um that's probably why I get so anxiety because I was thinking what well, <laughs> the worst po- worst possible thing. But I ran the how was it the the big half half marathon in London. Okay. And thinking about it now, what what we knew about that, we had no vaccine at that point, and anybody, and it was like quite tightly packed and everything. So I could have been been exposed to COVID at that point, never knew it. <laughs> so I ran that. Then all of a sudden, a few months later, we had the first lockdown mm-hmm. a couple of year, a couple of years ago. The problem was they did because all the business closed and 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 they, and they sent all us home because they closed the office because of the lockdown. Yeah, well, you and, were um, at the office at that point. Yeah, yeah. So I was at, I was at, I was working from the office. Then COVID happened. Mm. Then they shut the office down. But look, luckily, a bit before that, we got taken over by a big, big higher company like mm-hmm. like like Tesco. Sort so of so, so Tesco just sort of like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and then COVID happened. And then we all got sent home, and then and, and then at that point, uh, the the work was drying up because all the gyms were closed, and they didn't. And I was I was fearful my job at that point because they they made some people redundant. I was like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna make out every every else redundant. And the the business at that point, if if we had a massive long lockdown like years, mm. the, the business could have gone out, could have gone yes. completely kaput. Yeah, and uh, so that was my main worry. So, but but luckily. The nice thing about them, though, because because just before, because you had that then 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 the, the government put the furlough scheme in, mm-hmm. the 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 chancer at that point, I think it was was it Richard Sunak? Yeah, it was Richard. Yeah, which is which could be the next prime minister, which I've got no qualms about because mm-hmm. I think he I think he's he's kind of he's the only person in the entire government I kind of trust a little bit with the economy because he's got his head screwed on screwed on and he knows what and he, he knows what happened, so he put the furlough thing in place to help people. Mm-hmm. So the, the company decided to make it like almost furloughed. Only because there was no working, and the and the company paid tops up, so I got paid a full whack mm-hmm. for three months. So I basically got paid just to, to, to do nothing and play video games <laughs> and like uh, DJ. But the problem then was the I couldn't DJ because I couldn't. Yeah. The Hyde Park Book Club was then was 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 closed. Yeah, and then and then I was worried that then they might because it's a, it's a community thing. They don't have that much money. I was worried that they might go under. So then. Then I got, then after about three months, they got me back because I started opening again at that point. Mm-hmm. And then, then they said, just right, work from home until further notice. And then I had to go and get my PC, get my chair, and which I got sitting beside me because I had an old chair, but, but, but it did my back in. So yeah. I said, so you take your chair from the office, which is really good because it's quite a nice chair, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then I think I was made, I think, I think I was made, followed again. 
when we, yeah. then another lockdown happened. So it was yeah. up and down. Yeah. The, the, problem, the other problem for me is with furlough, especially, I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't see my family. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very social person. Mm. And, and, and people don't realize the effect it can have COVID on some people like me who's not that confident. It made me really depressed because I, I couldn't see anybody. Were you living at home on your own? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah I, I moved to this place in, two, in 2006. I was, li- I, was li- I was living here with my sister Norton who lives here. Mm. And, and, I, and I, just felt really, I just felt really down about the situation. Yeah, I didn't know what was like the happen. first couple of weeks was kind of like, from mm. my memory, was kind yeah. of like, Oh, okay. And you're kind of ready for it. Yeah. But then, yeah. Like, you know, it's like when you do anything sort of like yeah. third, third week in or whatever, it's done. Yeah. Kind of, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. <laughs> no, I don't like this. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's, because loads of people like, oh, you get, get furloughed and you get paid to do nothing. But the problem then is I've always been the person that's worse since a young age. Yeah. I've never not had a job. Yeah. I've only ever been unemployed for my life. I could start work for like three months at a time. Mm. And I, that, and I was on the, I was on the, and I, and I had to get job seekers allowance at that point. Mm. And I was thinking, okay, I'm going to use my tax now. That's so why my taxes went. My use so, my tax. Was that your first time signing on as well? Was that your first yeah, time? it was. I remember going to the job center in Leeds, and I walked in. I was like, this is so depressing because I got the mm. sense that people there simply just to just to collect their dog money and not even look for a job, which made me really frustrated. Mm. I, I, the people. That's that's the one thing I won't I won't go too much into it. it makes me mad sometimes that people use our doll money for other things other than finding a job. Because I use it to find a job. It kept me going for three months. That's what it's meant for. It's not meant to live on. But people just just abuse the system. The people don't realize it as well. My I I pay tax. I'm 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 paying contributing to your you know to your the welfare state. And I don't. It finds me frustrating that. People are abusing the system, but anyway, that's a bit debate for another day. And I just, I just tried to get through it the, the best I could. And my mind just saying, "There's light in the end of the tunnel." And I still, I still have a job at the end of the day. Yeah. So I've got to thank the the government for that. Yeah. And um, for, for and which is soon after doing the right thing, mm. even though he's probably put us on a load of debt, he had he had no choice for the end of the day because mm. if he didn't do that, we have nothing to come back to. We have no economy, so it's the lesser of two evils. So and then I I just sort of just sold, sold it on on really. So I remember doing the last open turntables was back then I had about book book club mm-hmm. like maths and stuff and they were very like I I would I put hands on my hands all the time. Yeah, Because yeah. loads of people touch the DJ decks and I like seven or eight people DJ. Yeah. And um, then you're thinking like, but I'm in a room with loads of people breathing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because yeah. So I was like, like Okay, surely at this point we all know and understand the risks, and we're all yeah, yeah, exactly these risks. True, um, it's that difficult thing of yeah. It was it was it was a crazy time. Uh, it it was, and and I think Tony whole lives of Christmas parties over Zoom mm. to keep all the, the community going. So then eventually, when we got the vaccines, they started opening up. When I started going back to normal, mm. uh, we could we could start we could start DJing again. But at that point, we still use we 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 still wore masks a little bit. We still used hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. I was very conscious not to touch my face, my hands while I was DJing. Yeah, yeah. Because I was conscious of hands because I for person for a person that's suffering anxiety, having this stage of COVID was the worst because I I I, I had to go shopping and then is is that person not COVID? 
Is it in the air? And my brain's playing tricks on me the entire time. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you get what I mean. Okay, COVID yeah. is, is, is invisible, really. Yeah. And but I got through that. And then, then we, we, when, when, when half our book club, fine, was, could people allow people back in? Because they opened up eventually about, after, about a year after the first lockdown happened. Mm. But it was takeaway only. So I tried to support them the, the best way I could. Where I go and buy those coffee. Mm. I was getting a cake because... I got on. I got on with them as well. I of them from from there because they're like family to me. Well, there was and, a big push as well, wasn't there? Of like, yeah. You know, so and and not just locally. I mean, Leeds is good mm. locally for kind of like support local businesses. But yes, there mm. was a national kind of push as well of yeah. like you know support local businesses. Mm. Yeah, I remember you know that being quite a theme. And and even on this, you know, like talking yeah. to people and they'd be like, yeah, I, yeah. I want to support local businesses. Yeah, yeah. So being at home, how how did you adjust to working from home? Was that quite easy for you or did you end up working more hours? How good were you with the work-life balance and sort of separating work from life and home life? I was very bad at it at first because because <laughs> because the the thing with the office is you I drive I used to work where the office It's very definitely you yeah. go there. And... I go there, do the work, come back. <laughs> but the problem with working from home, there's no there's no separation as such because yeah. literally when I finish work next, right, for example, next when I finish work, I'll literally walk there. Now, yeah. There, but but the problem the problem with this is because work's been stressful at the minute. This is the place where I I, I do the editing, open decks, and mm. I do my producing, and it's kind of got like really bad connotations. So I really struggle with struggle with that at the beginning, and it's so easy to work an extra hour, mm. just one I get extra hour one day, one odd day, or three days a week. But the problem mm. with that is it. It takes a lot because I work eight hours a day anyway, mm. and then eventually it catches up with you. And then, then you can't sleep properly because I, I, had, I had trouble problems sleeping like during the early COVID times because I was like, "Am I gonna? Am I got Worry. COVID? Am I gonna wake up?" Yeah. And stuff like that. I mean, it's a real, it's a, it's a real, it's a real thing because we lost loads of famous people through through COVID and mm. and stuff like uh, and stuff like that. But my and but my mate said, "You and Martin, you, you, you're not you're not high risk category." You haven't got underlying health conditions, so that I could still die from COVID. But but, but my chances are much reduced compared to my dad, who's seventy. Mm. But when we started on the vaccines, and then that made me a bit easier. But now, I still I don't wear a mask that much now, unless unless it's unless I feel very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But people still wear a mask, but that's fair play. I I respect that if they want to do that. That's 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 fair enough. But. I don't tend to wear a, a, a mask now, but I'm conscious. Of, I do see hand sanitizer. Mm. I'm so conscious of COVID because it won't go away. Mm. It will still be there. Well, the numbers just, are rising again as well. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's probably because of like new variants and mm. circulation. But we can't we can't keep lock lockdown forever. So no, no, and I don't think that people would again. No, is that like, you know? Exactly. I sort of, it was kind of demanded from the bottom. Like the way I see yeah. it is, it was demanded from the bottom last time. Like people mm-hmm. demanded it from the government. Yeah, uh, and that last one was more the government just going right. Yeah, going well to a degree. But so there's a risk of it being a you know a tool that they want to use over and over again. But I yeah. also think that people wouldn't really because it was just like yeah there was good things about lockdown it was quiet yeah. and the skies were mm. quiet and you had yeah. time and so on mm. but there was lots of bad things about lockdown as well and it was it was yeah. hard and stressful and like even if you mm. were comfortable yeah um, it was. how were you for like your, your mental well-being other than the initial panic like mm. as we got further in did you get quite used to sort of going out and making yourself 
get some exercise and kind yeah. of some fresh air. Yeah. So do you have space? Do you have a garden or anything? Or uh, I don't have a garden, but I've got like a, a, a like a little bit outside, which is a private road where I used to like yeah. just play football and when I when I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. But my men- my mental well being took a massive hit when 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 COVID was first around because I was like, oh, well, I can't I can go see my friends. Or I can't go to the shops and I can't see my friends for work because mm. because because we've got we, we use like Zoom at work and Microsoft Teams and 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 Discord. But that doesn't substitute being in real 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 life because I used to when I was working in the office, I used to like go and chat to everybody for five minutes and broke up the work day. Mm-hmm. But but now working from home, it's like it seems seems like I'm always doing something. Yeah. Compared to that, because I, I in the office where I I went I I got a coffee, chat for five minutes, went back, mm. and then and stuff like that. I mean, even because they allowed you to do that as long as you weren't you weren't taking the Mickey or anything. Yeah. But I think but I think I think that's fair. And if I got all my work done, and thinking thinking it broke up broke up the broke up the work day, but I must have during the first lockdown when when literally everything went down shut down. I, I walked up to the main road, which I, which I did anyway, because I was interested. Mm. And I, I walked down, and I was like, so quiet. It was, mm. was no cars. Mm. I couldn't hear any planes in the sky. It was like, mm. I got a pit drop. Mm. It was so ill because I'm so used to that road being busy from cars. I'm walking out in the middle, mm. but no risk getting, getting knocked over. Well, that's it. Walk, walking down the middle of the ring road or something. Yeah, just like, exactly. This is mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What was I going to ask you then? I think it was on well-being stuff. Oh yeah, breaks. Like, were you quite good at sort of putting in breaks for yourself, or did you just work continuously? I, uh, I did work continuously for a bit, but then I got and then I got better. So they were putting breaks. Yeah, in. you had to sort of force yourself. To I had to force myself. I need yeah. to do this, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. After after I thought I forced myself to start working. I have to do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I don't like leaving things undone. I like doing everything all at once. And yeah, and when uh, you've got a lot to do, you just yeah. kind of like, I want to crack on. And yeah, 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 exactly. It's like when it's like going when I go shopping in the supermarket. I walk very quick. Mm. People must think I'm stressed, but it's just the way I walk. I was like, getting, <laughs> just want to get them. shit done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's when I just do my shopping to get out. That's all, that's all I want because I, I clearly remember when we asked to wear masks in supermarkets. I, mm. uh, when it was going to be last time, in panic attacks and queuing and, uh, outside the supermarkets. I, I remember that. I do remember that. That was a surreal experience. But <laughs> the good thing was because there's a limited amount of people in the supermarket. We got it even with the mask. It was quite. It was quite Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that, that people in it. <laughs> so, uh, that, so, 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 um, so, that, so that was good, I guess. <laughs> okay, let's, let's crack on to Brexit then. And this was sort of round about the time mm. as well with COVID. The question is, how has Brexit changed your work? Like, have you noticed any change? Has it been good, bad, positive, or no change? I haven't noticed any changes to... To our, our actual procedures at work, mm-hmm. I think that's remain remain the same because I I voted I voted against even the EU because I thought I I don't I just didn't see the but the the benefit of it because we're still going through Brexit now and we'll go through it forever at this point. Mm-hmm. And by the time Brexit's fully done, mm-hmm. we might just how we go we might best just stick in the EU anyway. But I did notice changes with with our customers. I had to handle those like you. So we have customers in Ireland. And then with that, we do direct debits and stuff like that. I won't go too much details, but yeah, like like changes with Brexit because that was now an independent country. Yeah. Technically, that is still part of the EU. Yeah. So we had to deal with that. And yeah. And 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 and, and so and so forth. So 
So it's just been like technical changes. Has that meant a difference in like, has it changed the level of work that you have to do? No, as an, no, it's just technical for me. I, I think I was in the, it's just like a new thing you have to do. Yeah, exactly. You have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not an industry. It's going to be vastly affected by it, but it's just an an all technical directive, which I have to be conscious Mm. of with like direct debits, maybe that they will help that. Mm. I just have to be conscious of it really at the end of the day. Mm. So how are they for staffing levels then? Has it affected staffing levels at all? Or has that not, not been a concern? Uh, I mean, like the thing that businesses mm. seem to be complaining about from what I hear on stuff that I watch. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, you know, we staff, staff, we need the staff, we can't get the staff. No, I can't see any problem with staff, staff knows it. The issue our company has had to a certain extent. The IT, the IT support. Support IT job marketing now is very competitive, mm-hmm. and people are it, people are going sometimes where you get two similar jobs are going for the most paid job. Mm-hmm. So that so the comp- that I've seen that as effect as a as, as a from a company that's struggling to to recruit re- recruit people. Mm. But but no no direct things from Brexit as a, as far as like, like recruitment or anything like that. Mm. So. Cool. Okay, let's do climate change. Basically, I asked this because Leeds has mm. declared a climate emergency. The question is around what you do in your work. What can you do like to mitigate, adapt mm. to climate change or raise awareness around it? Or is it not a concern? Is it not something that like you can afford to worry about? Uh, it, is con- it is concerning for, for me because it's, I just worry about future generations of children. Mm. and stuff like that. that's one of the things that makes me think do i really want to bring a child in a child in where in the future they have to deal with climate change and what's happening with russia and stuff like that mm. because i grew up in the, i grew up in the 90s i'm thinking about it now that was quite a nice future to grow up in like he had climate change was still a thing at that point it was still in going on but brief was, period between the fall mm. of the berlin wall yeah and the end of the century <laughs> yeah <laughs> I got I got fond memories of it growing up in the growing up in the growing, yeah. growing up in the nineties and it was like and so but I've I've reached, the thing is for me there's not much I can do in my work to say to to save electricity. I have to use a PC for eight hours a day. Most of my laptop there. Well you stopped commuting though. That was, yeah, yeah. So I've stopped yeah. stopped commuting. So I've got I've now I yeah. So I've now worked from home. Mm. So I've changed my contract. So I've done that. Mm. I try to recycle more. I try to use less, turn my piece on for less amount of time. Don't leave it on all the time. And, uh, and stuff like that. So I, I'm conscious of the environment. I mean, I mean especially vinyl. Mm. So vi- vinyl is probably not the most environmentally friendly thing to make mm. to a certain extent. Mm. It creates a lot, a lot of CO2. And it's plastic. And it's, and yeah, and it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's plastic. I, I, I try to use less, least amount of plastic, plastic possible. It's very, because it, that's part I, of the charm with it as well, though, isn't it? Because it's, because it's vinyl, it's a physical thing. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, I have. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's floating in the sea. It's there. You own. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got I got a massive CD collection where like mm. I grew up. In, I grew up in the, the era when when compared to now, it's all digital and like like things you can't you can't you can't physically touch. I grew up in now where I used to go to H H M to buy CDs, mm. vinyl, which I'm quite pleased about to a certain ex, certain extent because I feel like. The birth of the MP3, you lose something yeah. um, with that because I like I like, I like nothing more. Going upstairs, second CD on and just reading a magazine, mm. I listen to that. So I'm I'm very much like like a touchy touchy feely kind of person, mm. 
when it comes to like physical stuff. Did you get more into music? I'm sorry to go back to lockdown, but I'm just kind of, mm. did you get more into music in lockdown or did it, did your interest wane? Cause like I kind of, yeah, I used to be really into my music mm. and then the last few years I've just been rubbish with it. <laughs> I think I got, I think I got more into it because then, then I yeah. had more time to explore different, different musical genres such mm. as rock, rap and more time to go down the rabbit hole, especially with Spotify. Yeah, what, did you what find yourself I, just going crazy with all sorts of stuff and like, oh, this is all new? Then yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's, what's this? this like? So I look, listen to this. I mean, that's Spotify for me is changed is changed music forever for me because I I'm still like I still like to buy the physical CD. Well, mm. my mates just listen to Spotify all day and not bother about having the physical thing. But I use mm. Spotify as a music discovery service. If I like it, I'll go mm. and buy the MP3 or find the CD, mm. even if it's on eBay. For example, because the, the problem is now is with, with especially with the video game market, mm. where if you buy something di- digital, the company such as Microsoft could easily you don't it, own it. You don't. I don't. I don't own it. Look at Stadia, yeah. for example. Remember Google? You don't. They, you're going to get refund all the money, but you didn't own any of that. Mm-hmm. Google shut it down. That's that's the thing with digital. But they don't even yeah. have to refund it, do they? They're just like, oh, that's mm-hmm. expired now, or we're taking yeah. it away, or we've closed that service down. It's like, yeah. Okay. Is it exactly? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Google could have quite easily done that. Just close it down, no, no refund. But that's quite nice, and they've actually started to refund it. But then, then a few weeks later, they break out the the Google streaming, Google Chrome streaming PC. Mm. I was like, oh, that's why you should stay it down. Just gonna do that instead. So, but my 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 love interest did grow during lockdown because I had more time and. And it, it kept me going because I, I I like this music. I like to sad songs in a way to make me feel, make me feel better. If you get what I mean, yeah, yeah. Like that REM, the Everybody Hurts song. That's when my sister yeah. said to me, "I said, why listen to that?" But but when you listen to the lyrics, mm. it all it's makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it's a great it's a it's a great song. Sad songs can be can be powerful songs in in, in a way. So oh yeah yeah yeah. I don't want to get lost in going too much into music talk because okay, I'll... that's fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Loads of time. Um, yeah. So we'll go back to climate change briefly. I will yeah. say, so, you know, you've, you've dropped your, your commute kind of thing into yes, your yeah. customer base. Are you, I mean, what's the scale you're working on? Are you, you're doing across the water to Ireland? Like are you working globally? Is it? We do have customers in, in Ireland, Scotland, England, New, Ze- New Zealand, or one customer in New Zealand, hmm. the actual servers is a web-based application. Mm. So you need to access the internet connection. Mm-hmm. So in one way, that's pretty good because well, is it, uh, we're by, mm-hmm. we can all work from home and we can all, we can all, uh, we can all not, not drive to the office every day. We can use mm-hmm. same carbon like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, 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 we're big in regards to carbon output. We're quite big because we have to have data, data centers everywhere, mm-hmm. but we can ask them, they, 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 the governments around are probably trying to make them more efficient anyway, mm. to, to a certain extent, because you take, you take in the server server room, for example, you have to you have to have loads of massive fans to cool the servers down because mm. heat and computers don't mix. Mm. So, mm. yeah, and they get hot. Is that exactly <laughs> my my personal um, PC has six fans on it to keep keep it cool? Yeah, yeah, and then there's you know you've got to keep the conditions like clean as well because of the yeah, like, exactly. dust and yeah, yeah, exactly dust <laughs> dust water and. <laughs> And he mm, likes computers. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like it. Yeah. So I suppose like server-wise and stuff. But I mean, you know, do you? 
how how is the company on it do they talk about it much is it something that's like all oh, right well we're installing we've gone completely renewable energy or like is it is it something that you come across sort of in your work i wouldn't say so no i mean the, the company hasn't really much said about it. i i don't think it's said that much about climate change to a certain extent mm. I've been so busy recently with trying to help everybody. My my my, hey. my department. I, we have I don't like, know what the company's saying. Yeah, but I know what the customers are saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to concentrate on that. As I, I love to go to like Facebook workplace kind of thing and read everything, but I've got I've got no yeah. time. I've got no time. I've got... I actually know what the company's about. And yeah, what direction. In there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's a challenge for the future. Every single company that that that, that does this kind of thing. Yeah. But but that could that could that could affect Microsoft, Sony, mm. the lot lot of them. I mean Microsoft Microsoft is a lot of server server farms everywhere. Mm. So that's gotta I think Microsoft is trying to take steps now to to, to you know trying to at least use it be more efficient. Mm. Because I, I appreciate people have a right to post everything about the climate and everything. But people think we can just switch turn everything off. That's never gonna happen. Mm. It's imp- it's impossible. So it's mm. gotta be a gradual thing, it's gotta be a gradual phase. To that, but everything's going to be sorted through because, oh, you can buy an electric car, which is good in theory, but the batteries take a lot of carbon to produce. That's carbon output, and when the batteries die, where are you going to? Where are they going to go? That can't, they can't put you can't you can't put them in the bin. Mm-hmm. You can't really put them in landfill, and 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 stuff and stuff like that. So it's and going to require lithium coming from, and who's going to get it? Is that exactly? <laughs> Who's yeah. going to all the all the the world has a finite amount of resources at the end of the day, mm. and the one people what people don't talk about is population. Mm. That 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 is always missed out, but that's important because if people have more and more babies, which which is fair fair play, I'm not saying don't have a baby, mm. but you're gonna you're gonna get to a point when the world's you're gonna have a tipping point mm. where the the finite amount of resources is gonna be lower is gonna be lower than the amount of people if you if you get where I'm coming from. And that, once you got to that point, you can't go back. You also have to bear in mind that, you yeah. know, like the population explosion since the, the sort of mm. Second World War onwards. Yeah, exactly. Has been driven by oil. It's been driven by the calories of oil. Like, you know, that's yeah, gone yeah. into the ground as fertilizer that's gone around the world. Mm. It's like mm. taking goods and services and, mm. and, and medicines and technologies and yeah. extending people's lives mm. and so on. Yeah. Um, as those calories go away, mm. which they will. You know, mm. like we'll, you're running out mm. of oil, and also the type of oil that you're getting at this yeah. point is is lower and lower quality. You yeah. have to put more energy into getting yeah. it out, and mm. as those calories go away, yeah, exactly, the will go as well. I mean, sure. like countries in the West, places like Japan, where you've got aging populations, or here now mm. where you've got aging populations, yeah. it's like we're going to have a crunch in the other way of like not enough people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like the distribution of things. It's like mm. everything, everything that you go into, just yeah. you crack it over. It's like more and more and more. It's like a, it's like it's like a it's like a it's like a program where everything impacts everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why yeah, I create change one way. variable and then it yeah. alters everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's go on to UBI. So I think this will be quite interesting with you. Mm. So do you know what I'm talking about when I talk about universal basic income? Rough, roughly, I've read about okay, it. But so I've got an idea I, of it. I've got an idea, but I'm not. I'm not clued up on it as much as other people are. But okay, well, it'll be interesting to see how you interpret it. Um, okay. So, if you had a universal basic income, so you, mm. you you're getting a stipend and your your basic needs are being met, mm. so you've got enough, say, to pay your bills, pay your your rent, 
and mm. some money for food so you can mm. live like a you know a standard mm. life yes if that was the case would you still work if you would still work would you still be doing what you do now and if you'd still be doing if you'd still be doing what you do now would you do it in the same way? Would you do it as much? Would you do less? Would you do more? Like, what what would it change for you, work wise? Uh, uh, I think I, I I think I would still work because I, I can't see myself not working. But mm. my dad my dad's now retired, but he's more busy than ever before. Mm. <laughs> so I think I, I think I inherited that trait. So I could still I could still see myself working, but maybe not as maybe not as much mm. because I think work's still important for me to socialize and as 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 one of the other benefits, I mean, I remember talking to my mates a long time ago. If you won the lottery, my mates would say, oh, if I won the lottery, I wouldn't work. But mm. I would still I would still work to a certain extent mm. because you can have all the money in the world, but it doesn't bring happiness. Mm. I just want to be happy then, end of the day. I mean, some people want to earn lots of money, but it's all different things to different people. But mm. I think a lot, I'm having a load of money. Is it going to make me happy to a certain extent? Just that. It's got to be other factors in place, such as friends, family, mm. what I do, and stuff and stuff like that. What probably, what what that um if I what I might do is I might work less hours because I can afford everything, mm. and then concentrate more time on DJing because mm. like DJing for me is is it takes up a lot of my spare time as, as much as running does. Mm-hmm. But I, I that's my that's my two passions in passions in life. So I. I spend, I spend many hours a week search for new tunes for Open Dex FC, mm-hmm. thinking about musical ideas and then stuff like that. So I'm mean, probably work less. Would you, would you volunteer at your day job? I mean, like, you know, because you mm-hmm. do the DJing mm-hmm. like for free sometimes. Like ideally you want to get paid, but I'm sure on more than one occasion you have done that as a free gig. Yeah, I do. Like, I do. And need- that is work. Mm-hmm. That's unpaid work. Like yes. If you were getting a UBI, do you think there's any chance that you would like volunteer your job? I think I think I will. I think I would do. Yeah, like maybe a couple of hours a week of just like yeah, hey, I'll come and help out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, because mm. I've got good relationships. But I think I would. I think I would be interested in doing that. Mm. I mean, you like you don't sound. I mean, you say you you work. You know, you you've got that work mm. ethic, but you don't sound like you you kind of. You don't overwork yourself too much, kind of thing. You don't sound like you, 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 you do sound like you've mm. got a, you know, like I can draw a line here. Okay. Maybe I work a bit too much sometimes, but I like I'll, I will put a stop to it. And I, this, this other thing that I want to do as well. Like, yes. Is that fair? Yeah. I think that's fair. Cause my boss is saying to me, just if you want to do more work to make you feel better, have a cut off point. And that's what I've been, that's what I've been doing recently. Mm. So if I'm going to work a bit more, two hours extra during the week we're unpaid because i work on a salary just to get some stuff done mm. um do it do it do it constructively and say okay i'll do it on monday and friday and when seven o'clock comes then i stop yeah because otherwise i'll keep going and going and going i won't realize the time i'll realize the time because mm. i've been investing in some tickets i'll look at the time and I'm like, oh, i finished like hour and a half i go we should stop now <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i did like i've done stuff like that in mm. jobs and it, it's kind of mm. and i I kick myself because mm. my attitude is like, no, they stop paying you off the clock. Don't do anything. Yeah. Like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, that, and the other. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, but I will do sometimes. You, you get into mm. stuff, don't you? And you just yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Especially like a, a really interesting ticket. You just find out what the issue is. Mm. And then, <laughs> then you want to finish it off. Yeah. Like, oh, at least get to a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that, exactly. 
Okay, so yeah, I think that's covered UBI. We've done lockdown, we've done Brexit, we've done mm. climate change. Oh, social media. So suppose I'm guessing this is going to be more for your DJ side. Mm. But yeah, like how much time, how much work time do you have to spend or time for work do you have to spend on social media? Like, do you have to do I, I've broadened this out as well. So my initial mm. thinking was like all the, you know, the platforms and posting. <laughs> But I'm also considering as well, like, because it seems like basically everyone's moved to Teams or Slack mm. or whatever since. Oh, yeah. So even if people were using Zoom for a bit, mm. they now like everyone's got whatever mm. internally. So mm. how much time do you have to spend on social media for work? And do you think that time is is well spent and sort of does it give value for money for the amount of energy that you've put into it? Like, does it give a re- good return for you, do you think? I think. I, I think it does. The only the only downside of Zoom and also Discord, which you use, you have to wait for them to get back. Wait for them to get back to you, mm-hmm. and that's that, that's downside because in an office environment, you walk up to somebody, ask them a question, mm-hmm. then that. And and I when I, I used to do that all the time, especially I had a good relationship with all of the departments, and I I got I got friends there, so I could walk to them, ask them a quick question, and be willing to help me. Then then I would go back to my desk, but with Teams and Zoom. Mm. they are emails i have to wait potentially for days or half a day or that but so what i've learned to do now is i've learned to ask them a question and go do something else that i can actually do while waiting for them to get back to me mm. so and i use it i use it i use microsoft teams a hell of a lot but use that for like internal messaging talking to clients for example customers mm. discord is used for like simulating the office environment so i log into discord and then and then i then those in there regularly to another person I work with. We just some he asks me questions sometimes, we chat about random stuff, mm-hmm. which is good because then that breaks up the day a bit. Yeah. So I'm not staying at a PC screen and just doing work and answering phone calls. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. I use that, I use that a lot. And it, Discord is free, which is good. And I've started using that now for 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 other stuff for like for I've I mean I'm in Van Buren's which is a DJ Discord server. Mm-hmm. So I use that for outside of work as well. So yeah, I think that I think the best the best of these tools are normally built by and for gamers. Yeah, exactly. because they know what they're doing and they're like they're spending yeah. all time all the time on it and they're just like, mm. yeah, right, I need it to do this, 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 yeah. this, this, and that's what it's going to do, and then then yeah. it does it well. Mm. Okay, so I think is that what? No, no, no. I've got another sort of final question, which is if you could change any three things mm. about your work. And again, you can consider both work, mm. both the, the DJing and the IT work. So yeah, you can change any three things about mm. your work. What would you change? Mm. It's a difficult, it's a difficult one. People will think probably it's easiest, easy, easy question, but it's not, it's not that easy. So they can be fantastical as well. They don't have to be mm. like all reasonable and pragmatic. But mm. Whatever you want, basically, how you interpret that. Mm. And you don't have to have three. And mm. if you don't, wouldn't change anything, that's fine too. One thing I would probably change about my work maybe is um, working with a current job is maybe, maybe, I sort of think, is, may, is may, maybe the company in like, like having a weekly, a monthly, a monthly meetups where we have to meet up. Mm-hmm. Whether organizing it amongst ourselves because you have to meet up, then we're more like a routine mm-hmm. and stuff like that. that's one thing I would would change. I've got I've got no criticism where they where they do stuff. But I think that's one thing I would 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 change. I think mm-hmm. so that's one thing. I think far as DJing's uh, concerned, a DJ one's difficult because we have a lot of different levels of DJ. 
I mean, would it be nice to have like an agent on that front of just someone who, you know, who was there booking your gigs? And mm. actually, that's one thing I, that I could never afford an agent, but that's what I would probably. That's one thing I, if think about actually that you don't thought of really good one actually. Mm. If if one thing I would change is if I could have an agent or be part of a D, DJ company. Mm. That's the one thing I would. Then that's one thing I would change. So I just the, the problem is we're trying to promote yourself. I just don't simply have the time sometimes to do that. And you've I, got to I, wake I, yourself up as well. To yeah, sometimes like I do. Yeah. it's just like oh, go and tell everyone how great you are. Mm. Oh, all right then. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the worst person at that because I think, <laughs> thing is I'm I'm a very I think I class myself as a very humble person. I don't like mm. to I don't like I don't like to say I'm good at anything. Mm. So I, I I see I see that I see that as having an ego when I don't when in fact I don't. Mm. But that's that's the one thing that's the com the the com the, the conflict to me. So once I would change my DJ, and I would I probably have I would have an agent where he does he does the 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 light work for me. Yeah, yeah. But, but now I could never afford that. But that'd be nice. Yeah. There's one thing I, w- I w- wish I could change now. I can't change it now because I'm like getting, I'm getting towards forty. I've DJing since two thousand, so like twenty years. Mm. I wish I wish at that point. I wish I wish I had more confidence to take it take it further at that point and be more proactive because I have a lot more free time than mm. than than compared to now. Mm. That's one major one major regret I do have. But do you think I, that was a matter of? Do you think you're braver now, or do you think you're I more think, fearless then? I think I'm more braver now, but back that when I was at. When I was growing up and, and especially in high school, I didn't have that many friends. I was kind of a, a, a loner, if you, can, if you can call me that. Mm. And um, I struggled to talk to people. Mm. I got bullied quite a lot, which didn't make things, which made things really hard. Mm. So I think I'm more, I think I'm less, I think the fears have gone slightly now. Yeah. But at that point, I think, I think it was easy to say the easy route out and just play video games mm. than rather than try and go, go to a random stranger and then hand out, hand out, Get, uh, hand out stuff because as I like at nightclubs because that's one that has changed me since COVID. I'm still apprehensive mm. about going to a nightclub. Mm-hmm. My mates have said gone gone clubbing. I've said to them no, because yeah. I don't want to have a panic attack. But they said, but they say to me, you don't have that. Well, I did. I've had I've had panic attacks in supermarkets when mm. COVID was really bad. Mm. And the worst, I don't want to. I don't want to annoy all the other clubbers by having a panic attack in the middle of the, middle of the dance floor. So. That's the one thing I would change. Actually, I would. That's, yeah, that's I one thing say, I really struggle with. How how would you square that circle? I mean, because the you know, there's obviously a part of you that wants to mm. to go out and be there and have that. Yeah. Like, would you do? Do you enjoy being in that? Like, or do you just spend the whole time like worrying about mm. not having a good time? <laughs> like, I, how how do you enjoy that? Right. It's weird because I've I've really been a relationship with them with the clubbing going out. So I used to go, used to go clubbing quite a lot when I was younger. Mm. But as I got as I as I got older, it it, it just it just became for me. Oh, I'm going out, get getting drinking a lot a lot of beer and stuff. Mm. And it's not it just done lost it. it. I've done I've got I've done it. Got the t shirt. Yeah. So so that that's the conflict, the conflict in my mind because I was still go clubbing if I was DJing. That's a completely different thing. Mm. I'm behind a set of decks in my in my element, mm. and I'm not I'm not like got smashed smashed against people mm. or or anything like that. Because to certain extent, even even before COVID, I, I kind of like clubbing lost its flaw because the the thing is, my mates don't like don't really don't like house music at all or dance music. 
like cheesy music. Yeah. And then, and then, and then every single cheese, when you go to cheese, cheese, we go out on a, on a cheese night out, they play the same cheese again. Oh, you just and can't again. enjoy it. Yeah. And I can't, I can't enjoy it because for me, going, going out, like, like Dave, like Dave has them with. Yeah. Which I he played tunes I was familiar with, but played mm. tunes I didn't know. Mm. And that that is my ideal happy medium. But yeah. the cheese of them are, oh, it's Bon Jovi. Oh, okay, I've heard that. Oh, it's Madonna. Oh, it's Madonna. I've heard that. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, the good thing about lockdown is because I didn't go out. I I I didn't I didn't list that much cheesy music. So when I, I list, so for example, I just list, uh, during lockdown, I listened to like Bon Jovi "Living on a Fair," which is played to death in the cheesy club. Mm. But after like a few, like after about six months. It was really good. <laughs> heard it, heard it, for, heard it, for, heard it faded. But but you can you can overexpose a track anyway at, 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 at yeah. any point at yeah. any point during the day. I mean, there's there's the last thing with dan, dance music. There's there's the same DJs that hammer the same club, same music. Especially when I was going out clubbing. Yeah, but then um, as well, you want you want those standards as well, don't you? Like yeah, someone's but you want like you know bangers in there and like big yeah you know, big names and yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, it, exactly. But as it, it all goes back to the DJs much more than just putting two records together mm. and just pressing play. I mean, it, to a certain extent, people with DJ with open turn, open decks FC, mm. they 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 just want to play some records, which is which is fair enough. I I I respect that. Mm. It just the 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 I I just DJ in the way I I I learned from the early DJs, and that's why that's why I grew up like it. Mm. And that's the thing I'll always. I'll, I'll, I'll always do so cool um, people say I'm an expert but I'm not an expert <laughs> I'm just doing it for ages yeah but would you say you're a professional to, to a certain extent mm-hmm. I, re- I, re- I reckon I reckon given the opportunity because uh, with open, there's the opportunity next year potentially to have an entire night mm. so with open, I think there's potential for me to DJ the entire night yeah. I've, got enough, I've got enough music yeah, you've got enough and experience as well and knowledge. Like, I mean, the time yeah. that you spend in, like when you tell yourself these things, like I, my thing was always film and like you know, yeah. buy DVDs and stuff. And yeah. Like, oh, it's all research, you know, like watching yeah. these films is like, you know, it's yeah. training for me. Yeah. And, you know, that's a load of bullshit when you're buying them. It's just mm. an excuse to buy them. But it's also like, yeah. it's also kind of actually true. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. You are learning stuff about music by listening to those new songs and buying yeah. records and, yeah. and playing with them in different ways. Yeah. So I, I see buying music as an investment. And I, mean, I, I separate it out from an investment. I just got to be careful though. Otherwise, mm. I'll spend too much money. Mm. Like, I bought to eat. So that's one thing that's always in the, always in the back of my mind. It's a, bal- it's a, bal- it's a balancing act yeah. where, I've I've got to buy stuff that that I will play out that is worthwhile to to uh, to my collection. So, mm. Mm. yeah, yeah, and you've got to you've got to have advice, haven't you? You've got to have something. Mm. You, you, I've got you, to do something. You've got to do something with the money that you've earned. Like you know, yeah. why the hell else are you earning it? Like, <laughs> exactly. Why do I go to work? <laughs> so there's other stuff that I could kind of investigate and so on. I might come back to some stuff, but what I want to do, I'm going to basically look to. Straight over to you. I didn't mention this in my spiel. Okay. So normally at the end, I'll, I'll like when I've done all my questions, I'll throw it over to you, so you can talk about anything that you might want to flag okay. up or anything that we might not have covered that you want to mm. kind of expand on. So I would say, yeah, now is the time to drop any socials, mm. and yeah, give us the date for the Utah Saints as well. The Utah the Utah Saints gig is sixteenth of December. Yeah, I mean, just you said it was December. I think it is December. I put it on my Google Calendar. Some other the screen. 
Imagine. Oh yeah, I'm also I'm also DJing York Record Fair on the fifth of fifth of um, November. York Record Fair. Yeah, there's a record fair takes a York's race course. So mm-hmm. I'm the I DJ there last year, mm-hmm. and the guy the guy likes me so much. He's asked me back in for an hour, and he's going to pay me thirty quid. Nice. <laughs> so I'm I'm not going to say I'm not going to say no. Yeah. So we have got Open Dex FC, which is the night I went with Tony. Mm-hmm. That's going off on the eighteenth of no eighteenth of November. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward looking forward to that. Utah Saints is the 16th of December. So I'm already thinking about my set for that at the minute. I'm thinking about what tunes I could play and and stuff like that. Because I might play a mixture of digital and also vinyl because there's going to be some CDJs there. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing to be nervous because DJing on CDJs for me is is completely different to DJing on vinyl. Mm. So but I'm up for the challenge. But, but um, Have you had much practice with it then? No. Uh, what I need to do actually, I need, there's, a, there's pirate radio studios in, in Kirkstall, I think there is. Mm. Which houses a, it has professional equipment in, yeah, and which is quite reasonable. So I think you've got to pay like a bit of money for three hours. Yeah, it's not um, an illegal place. It's called no, pirate, it's isn't it? Called, pirate yeah. City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I've seen them. It looks pretty, pretty yeah. cool. It's not. It's not like the pirate radio stations. Yeah, like back in back <laughs> in the day. Um, but I think I think that's about it. But also try to do more mashups for open turn open well, open decks actually not open turn, not open turntables. Uh, where, um, where are you? What are you on the, on Mixcloud? So I'm on Mixcloud. Uh, oh, you know my Twitter Twitter profile is DJ Pen Pen Ten. Mm-hmm. I don't use Facebook as much as Twitter, but mm. the thing I like about Twitter is it goes to my six hundred. I got six hundred followers on it, and I got a much bigger reach. Yeah, than than Facebook. I don't have a separate mm. Facebook for DJ. Well, I'm on Mixcloud as DJ three hundred three at work. Nice. And I'm also on 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 Instagram as just myself. Actually, the weird thing about Instagram, I got a fun story about that. I didn't realize somebody signed up an Instagram account mm-hmm. using my bainit.lindy at gmail.com email address. So it was some woman somewhere in the, some somewhere overseas that did it. I was like, okay, <laughs> weird. So I looked into it, reset the password. That's my own email address. Did I I don't know why I was asking this. I decided to taking the pictures off. Mm. Because it was my, it's my email address. Yeah, I yeah. thought I was in. I thought I was in. I thought I was in the right to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Don't know whether it's that case or not. But so one Instagram, I was just myself again. So oh, D, DJ Mister Mr. B mm. 07. Mm. So that's that. So I've got plans in the future to do more social networking. Just take, just take some, take some risks actually, because the worst thing to a promoter or some a club are going to say is say no, mm. and I'll just, mm. and I'll just do that, and I want to do more live streaming as well. Mm. So I think that'd be more beneficial because I've got my, I got a Mixcloud Pro account mm-hmm. where I can live stream, and I can do that in the comfort of my own comfort in my own home. Mm. The only issue Mixcloud is he hasn't got much traction to Facebook or, or Instagram, for example. Mm-hmm. So it can kind of be only only where DJs hang out. So I need to try and work out a way. Mm. To get people on there from Facebook and Twitter, mm. send them over to there. Yeah. So only 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 takes some some one person to listen. It's oh, it might might be okay in that event. Mm. Just as a, the just as your quick refer is. Yeah. So because I would I would like I would like to get my ultimate dream is to have a residency somewhere in a club in Lee somewhere mm. where I can keep a day job going, or play maybe once a week on a Friday night. Yeah. Even if it's just a warm up set. Yeah. Because then I get my foot my foot in the door then, mm. and then I can then focus into playing the 
you know, the midnight slot or what, or, or whatever. Although I did play from two to three o'clock in the morning once and that, that, and that was a long day. <laughs> how, got, how far away do you think you are from like putting your own nights on? Like, do you, do you think you could do that? Or do you think that's like too, too scary at the moment? Or do you think possibly in a few years, or I just like, nah, I can do that. I think, I think I could, I, I think I could do it. I think it's going to take help with Tony's help because he's, mm. he's, he's been, he's, he's been a DJ for, we've been DJs for a while, but he's DJed a lot more in public and mm. I am. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of music, like indie music, but he's DJ more, he used to DJ in the cockpit. Mm. A lot, mm. so he's more he's more used to it, and he and he and in his job, he's more used to dealing with um people like like you know face to face compared to like me, who I mainly speak to him over the phone. So I think it's scary, but I could see myself maybe next year with what we're discussing with Tony, uh, having my own night at uh, once a night at the Constitutional, mm. trying to promote that and do uh, and and do that because I don't have to go. I don't have the hand. I don't. I don't. I'm not the kind of person that can go out and hand out flyers and stuff like that. I don't think. I don't think I'm that a confident person to do that. But then you've got the you've got the customer service experience from your, yeah. your like call center work, your phone yeah. work. Like, mm. do you think you're good on the phone? Like, but then again, that's mm. inbound. You're dealing with people calling you, yeah. whereas it's a much different thing to go out and call people. Like, mm. like you know, yeah, like, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. Like, yeah, I'm that's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bother bother them. Mm. So. That, that's the thing. I I I th- I I think that's my ultimate ultimate goal. But I think with help with Tony, I reckon I could I could do that. So hopefully next year mm. we'll be discussing with him, discussing with him. There's an opportunity to put on a, a dance a dance night at the at the Constitutional Fazi where I play from seven to eleven. But the good thing with that is I can literally play hip hop, deep house, and go right up. And I've got so much music, mm. I can then you know, you know. Do, do the entire night and show the show my musical taste, which is not just house music. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and 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 stuff like that. Because if I'm mixing hip hop, I might I might not do any beat mix. I might do some drop some some simple simple fader cuts mm. and 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 stuff like that. Because I've just got to take the plunge at the end of the day. Mm. If you don't if you don't try something like like marathon winning like like anything like that, mm. then you don't know you don't know how it is. Because I could still remember my first ever marathon. Boy, that that was that was tough. Mm. So, I mean, you're not shy ambition-wise, are you? Like, no, I, 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 yeah, I think, I think ambition. I'm quite an ambitious person, but yeah, but I'm very shy of, 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 of you know, in other aspects of get, getting, yeah. like, if you get, if you get where I'm coming from, it's yeah. difficult. It's difficult to explain, but it's that kind of it, it's the fear of how situations will yeah. go. I think it's, it's the fear of failure kind of, as well. Yeah, fear of failure, but there's also that kind of like you don't want to look like mm. an idiot to someone. Yeah, exactly. as like being like ineffective. Which yeah, you know, considering I, the leadership that we have in the country, yeah. we shouldn't be worrying about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want the worst fears. Like 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 this this like um, a famous DJ walks in, walks into the colour. The, the club where I'm DJing and then, and then I'm just not and then it's all going wrong I'm like yeah. oh like, like, that's the that's the kind of fears I have mm. but and it's kind of like they, they these are ideas that should be there to kind of like warn you of worst case scenarios yeah. not terrify yeah. you into yeah them. <laughs> I know exactly it's like, the thing is it's like a double-edged sword sometimes Thank you again to Benedict for being my guest thanks again to all my guests and thanks to you Leeds for being my subject and of course most of all Thank you to you, my dear listener.
And thank you to my four Patreons for sticking by me and to my third direct donor for their contributions, as well as thanks again to both of those other donors. I want to also thank the five iTunes listeners who've reviewed the show and have all rated the show five stars. We have some cracking episodes coming up to finish off Series 3, which overall I think has been a great series. I am still desperately seeking guests for Season 4, so please, please come on the show if you're in Leeds or from Leeds, whatever it is you do. I'm really keen to hear from people in polluting industries and people who make and sell useless nonsense. It's good to get a sense of what businesses are about at this time. What's common? What's unusual? There will be more content with Series 4. I know I keep threatening it, but there will be. Systems will be in place. My focus at the moment is to hit that 100 episodes as soon as possible, so I need 20-odd interviews booked in as soon as possible. Once I can hit 100 published episodes, then I can review and I can start using all of that content that I have from those 100 episodes to create other marketing content. There's a few other things cooking too, but I don't want to talk about any of that until any of it is further along. I also have a lot more to say about donations, but not now. For now, I will just say that I am offering a new £12 big-time membership rate on Patreon, which is for anyone flash. I want to try to sell 12 of these memberships, so I'm thinking about possible incentives to encourage people to buy them. If you have any bigger ideas on this or any other working hours front, then please tell me about them. You can follow this show on Twitter at workinghours3 and on Instagram at workinghourspodleads. Use the hashtag workinghourspodleads to stay up to date on when new episodes are being released, to DM me with your questions, or most importantly, to get in touch if you'd like to be my guest on this show. Please do chuck in anything you can to help the show grow. Go to ko-fi.com forward slash workinghours and join me there for a pound a month or you can make a one-off donation of whatever amount. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod to support working hours, again, from as little as a pound a month. Why not be super awesome and join both? Do something new and something different. Remember to like, share, follow, and subscribe to Working Hours. That's me. Cheers, ears. Take care out there and be kind to each other, leads. Working Hours is produced, recorded, edited and published by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org. Please like Western Studios Leeds on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore Leeds and on LinkedIn linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios. Leads, are you considering taking the plunge into podcasts or audio content? Then think Western Studios for support, advice and guidance on getting it made. At Western Studios, you work with a real life lawyer who is actually in Leeds. Not a piece of software, not a course of articles or a series of live chats and video courses, but me, a person in physical place-based reality. If you want to work with me to make your podcast or any digital audio content in Leeds, whether it's for your own cause, your publicity campaigns, to promote your products, increase your sales, or just to create your own passion projects, then get in touch with me, Western Studios, now. Don't wade through vapid articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts by disembodied virtual people on the web. Get on with making your podcast now. 
and then when it gets hard and expensive and it all goes wrong, which it will, then call Western Studios to make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios will take on your podcast boring, time-consuming and painful admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever. Tell me about your podcasting pain points and I can make it all better for you. I feel your pain. For a charge, I will share it. Remember, podcast work is work. Leads, businesses, leads, campaigns, leads, brands. Got an inkling that you'd like a podcast but don't know where to start? Contact Western Studios at makemypodcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast straight away. The first hour of arranged consultation and pre-production time is free. £25 an hour after that for editing, recording, production. I can also arrange hefty discounts for the right projects. So tell me your idea and your budget and I'll tell you what I can do for you. What do you have to lose? Time, that's what. Time is running out. The best time to make a podcast was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Writers in Yorkshire, what are you doing with your lives? Hopefully you're writing. Well, I know there are listeners out there who want to hear great original writing performed as audio content that is about and for and has been made in Leeds. How do I know this? Because I'm one of them loiners what wants it. Help me make your old screenplays, unpublished novels, unperformed plays, stories, poems and performances, whatever you got, baby, and make it as podcast content. Is your work arty, salacious, pulpy, strange? Good. Is it unfinished? Good. I can help you with that too. I can work with you to find actors, musicians and voiceover artists and quickly realise your projects. I get practice making the shows and you get a finished, performed and published version of your writing. Save yourself the hassle and the headache of making your podcasts on your own by working with me instead.